All right, welcome to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we discuss the technologies, the companies, and the people that we believe are shaping the evolution of retail. Now, today, we're thrilled to turn our spotlight on Moz. Moz is the most trusted authority in online search with powerful SEO and local search platforms to help marketers improve the position of their brands, business locations, and competitive rank in search results. And today, we're thrilled because we are joined by Moz's CEO, Sarah Bird. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Of course, thanks for joining us. It's so great to have you, I think for a number of reasons. One, you guys have been a, a longtime sponsor of us, so we can't thank you enough for that, uh, especially for some of the activity we did in and around Shop Talk. And then also we've been trying to get you, got, you on the show, you specifically on the show for a, a few weeks now, but we had to have that delayed for a little bit. Now, Sarah, tell the audience, what, <laughs> what happened there that... Uh, force us to push back our production schedule. <laughs> well, I landed wrong on my ankle. Uh, and the trick with that is, well, I had just jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. So uh, when I landed wrong on it, I was coming in at enough of a speed that it did some real damage. And I broke two of my three ankle bones on my right foot, my driving foot. Oh, my gosh. Fantastic. Now, I think, you're the, I think you're the first guest we've ever discussed skydiving with, and probably the For last. Sure. Um, but what is that? What? Oh, it's so fun. Let's all go. I mean, if I didn't have a broken ankle right now, I'd be like, let's go this weekend. You'd be back oh, on the over. horse? So what, what, oh, my God, yeah. What does the recovery like that entail? Like, are you, in a, like, are you sitting there on this podcast remotely? Are like, you sitting there like, with crutches? Like, what's, ha what's happening here? Yeah. Well, um, I, am, I am finally starting to use a mobility device. It's taken some practice, and that is... Um, Largely because I have uh, I have a peg leg now, oh, <laughs> a temporary peg leg, and I have to tell you it is so fantastic. I am living every pirate fantasy that I've ever had. <laughs> My son, who's seven, thinks I am the coolest mom. He wants me to pick him up from school so his friends can see. He suggested getting out our um, eye patch and pirate clothes, which we have from Halloween, not just laying around every day. Uh, so we are, we're fully embraced. I have requested that he call me Captain. Captain. Appropriate. Okay. <laughs> Apostrophe. That's, that's yeah, so funny. Exactly. That's so funny. So yeah. maybe not a temporary peg leg. This sounds like this might I, be something honestly, that could be a long-term thing, huh? Yes. Everyone should try a peg leg at least for a little while in their life. Yeah, it's, probably big, build some serious character. I got to think talk like yes. a pirate day is coming up here soon too. So you're gonna oh. be you're gonna oh, be gosh, ready for I that. I hope so. I'm gonna nail that. I'm gonna totally <laughs> well, nail that. Before Chris gets into his pirate dad jokes, I think we should get on <laughs> yeah. about Moss. We'll keep, we're, we're gonna be stuck here okay. for a very long Although, time. Although extra credit as the Omni Talk guest, if you use R in, in some way, shape, or form during the course of this podcast. Okay, huh? How about if I just curse like a pirate? There you go. I've got oh a foul gosh. mouth when I'm excited I, about something. I like, <laughs> I like that too. I like, hey, cursing is fine. Absolutely. Well, hey, no, but in seriousness, it's it's awesome to have you on the show today. You know, search has been a topic for us that's always been top of mind because it just seems that it's it's whatever a company's local search presence, no matter how large, how small you are, it's absolutely vital to success. So, Sarah, why don't you start out? Why don't you start out as we normally do, which I think is always important. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Moz, what it is, and your role at the company? Yeah. Okay. So, Moz, uh, we are passionate about search and specifically organic search. So everything I'm going to talk about today, everything I have any unique insight on is related to organic search. So not paid ads, not AdWords, 
um, but really doing that the more difficult but ultimately more meaningful and certainly way higher ROI of increasing your presence in search, you know, through, um, you know, blood, sweat, tears, creativity, excellence in content marketing, excellence in having fantastically structured websites, you know, excellent in building your brand authority and really understanding your customers and what they're searching for. Um, search is uh, something that we have been passionate about since the very earliest days of search engine optimization. In fact, the company started, it has many beginning stories, but before we were <laughs> even a technology company, we were a blog called seomoz.org. Yeah, and we would blog. This was back when it to be a .org meant you were a nonprofit. Like, right. we did mean that. And uh, <laughs> we would blog about, you know, here's what we're learning about search engine optimization and how it works. And, you know, that was back in the days where you would do keyword stuffing potentially, or you would do, you could get link farms going and you could sort of game the system. You know, this is early 2000s. Um, but, you know, that's a million years from where we are today, right? right? Where searches, so much more powerful of a channel than even we could possibly have imagined back then. I mean, search is baked into, it left off our desktops, onto our mobile phones, into our houses now and all of our home assistants, in our cars, you know, built into your wristwatch. Mm -hmm. we we're just searching everywhere as, um, as the technologies improve and increase, the channel's really powerful. So here we are. The company is, um, you know, we've been at this for about a decade, and we are just committed to helping everyone succeed in search as it becomes more and more complex, but also more and more rewarding. Can you talk a little bit about that, Sarah? Maybe you have an example you could share. I mean, it is one of the most difficult things, I think, especially for retailers um, when you're talking about organic search. How do you make that help, help them make that more meaningful? Yeah. That's great. So I will, let's, I'll, set a, I'll set a bit of context and then I will um, get to your question more specifically. So as humans here, we are searching all the time for everything. Like the, the data is clear. We do all of us, we do several searches a day. We don't even notice when we're searching anymore. It's right. just subconscious. Right. But not all of those searches are equally commercializable. Like you might be searching uh, for what time is it in Hawaii, um, <laughs> but that's not a search that anyone's going to make money off of anymore. Right. Right. Compare that to a search where um, I'm walking down the sidewalk. I need an afternoon pick me up and I go into my Google Maps app or I use Siri and I say coffee, I'm looking for coffee or coffee near me. That search is highly commercializable because the data shows that that search leads to a purchase within 24 hours. In fact, that particular search leads to a purchase within 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. You want coffee now. You right. don't want it maybe kind of, you know, you're not generally researching coffee and everything about it. You are trying to make a purchase right now. And so an insight from that is, um, you know, there's all kinds of different search in the world that Moz can focus on and help people with, but we are focused on the most commercializable areas of the search pie, which for us includes what we call local, local search or local intent. And that's this whole family of searches where, you know, the idea is to drive foot traffic through the door. So you guys have a huge retail audience. I am mm. like preaching to the choir here, right? You're trying right. to get customers in the door. Um, it could also be services, something like if I search for chiropractor, I'm probably not doing a general search because I'm curious about the practice of chiropractic. I am looking for a chiropractor soon. And that mm. is something very tied to my geography. It's not a nationalized search. It is a very local 
search. Mm-hmm. So in sub-segment of the whole search universe, which there's all kinds of searches, local um, has tons and tons of economic value, and it has some specialty practices and strategies you need to employ. Um, and we have a whole product called, called Moz Local that we are um, – passionate about and we are updating. We're in the middle of a big release right now. We have more releases coming this summer to help businesses unlock this highly valuable and complex area of organic search. Yeah, I mean, how do, it's interesting to us too, especially. I mean, Anne, Anne and her husband own a couple of local gyms in the area. We're now standing oh, up a retail technology lab uh, that's about to go live, at least softly, here in the beginning of July. Like to that point, yeah. everything you just said for us as entrepreneurs, because I think it's easy to put the big company lens on this too. But really, it's it's one in the it's basically two sides of the same coin. You know, what advice then, based on what you just said, would you have for us in trying to put our best foot forward you know, across those ventures? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the place you start that's foundational, mm-hmm. that you need to begin with, it's not the only thing, it's what I would call necessary but not sufficient, okay. um, is making sure that your business location data, so if you have multiple gyms, right, making sure all of your gym data is accurate in the various web directories that matter. Mm -hmm. For example, Google, number one, Mm -hmm. make sure it's accurate in Google and you have your Google My Business profile up to date. Same thing on Facebook remains important. For things like a gym, Yelp could be important. For restaurants, Yelp is definitely important. Um, And there is a whole series of these websites that, um, or directories that are important. One, because either customers are searching there for you, but two, the real actual sort of sneaky secondary reason that it's important to have it accurate is because Google is crawling all those other websites. Mm. And if they find information on those other websites that is different from what you have told Google your information is, Google might say, well, wait a minute, we don't have high confidence that we have the right data. Mm. And so we'll we'll rank another gym that has all of their data the same across the web because we have high confidence that data is accurate and we don't want to take a risk and send a searcher to a location that is closed or um, is on there, isn't there anymore. Um, so that first thing you need to do is what we call that you know, local presence management. It's your local data distribution piece and it's foundational. You've got to start by understanding what locations I have and make sure that data is accurate. And then from there, you go into some really cool stuff, right? Okay. You make sure your website has um, all of your locations on a, on a page on your website and that you use the right schema markup so that when search engines crawl your website, they know what they're looking at. They're like, oh, this is a business location. We know what to do with this. We know to take this you know, uh, back to headquarters and check it against what we believe your location is. And again, make sure it's accurate. So all Um, of that's being cross-tabbed against everything else too. Yes, Wow. exactly. And that's why consistency and completeness, accuracy, these are like the the three-legged stool of local data management because anytime something gets out of sync or is incomplete, um, it, it adds this degree of lack of confidence. And you, Google wants to be confident. They want to know, yep, we are absolutely accurate in this information. And so don't give Google any reason to doubt that they may not have the accurate information anymore, and therefore they'll, they'll rank you lower. Mm-hmm. 
which could be the difference of you getting a new customer or not. Well, what's the third leg 100%. of the stool? Yeah, completion. Um, so complete data, and that means, you know, do you have not just your name and your phone number across all these different websites and on your website, but do you also have, um, you know, photos? Do you have your website? Do you have your hours? And then are they actually accurate? So you wouldn't, um, maybe you would believe actually, you guys probably would believe this. Most people don't, but you guys are so experienced in the industry. It's no surprise to you that um, a lot of very large organizations don't even actually have a good handle on all of their locations oh, where they are and what time they're open and closed. Like they don't have any clue. Yeah. I don't know. Are, what are the hours for that location in some city? You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, especially if it's multifaceted, right? Like if the store yeah. has, you know, a pharmacy and a deli counter right. and like a restaurant, you, and, you know, and all those Bingo. types of things. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's right. And if there's like local holidays and then, you know, versus sort of national holidays for any given geography, there's so much complexity. So right. accuracy um, is the second one. And the third leg of the stool is consistency. The okay. consistency piece is across all these different platforms because Google is like cross-checking, right? Uh, of, hey, do we still have the most accurate information? I mean, it's one of the things I think that's a misnomer, that it's sort of a mistake about local SEO is that you can do this foundational step once and mm -hmm. you're done with it. Right. Like, oh, I did it. I already, I already updated my locations. I'm done now. And that's unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, um, not how the system works because remember that there's this whole new flow through of information directly from consumers in the wild into Google. And so if a consumer goes to your store and they like check in at the wrong place or they confuse you with someone else or whatever, they make a mistake. They might tell Google like, oh no, these hours are wrong or it's not on this block. You got it wrong. Um, and you know, similarly, if you have um, information out there on the web somewhere that you missed that's inaccurate, that becomes kind of a ding in your data ecosystem. So it's not as simple as you do it once. It has this, the data has a tendency to decay and you need to keep on top of it to make sure that Google knows yeah, don't pay attention to that one user who said that, oh, no, this business is shuttered. It's no longer here. It's like, we're real here. Right. <laughs> that happens all the time. Right. You would think it wouldn't, right? But I don't know. I guess, you know, humans, we're all humans, and humans are interesting creatures, and all kinds of weird data gets into that data ecosystem. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's it's in a lot of ways you have to think of it like an open feedback loop. But but I think it is, I, bingo, but I, bingo. But I, I as I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm, and and I you know are right next to each other. I know what's going through her head, the same as mine. I'm I'm curious, Anne, but like managing all of that is incredibly time consuming. Right. Yes, uh, like, exactly. You know, there's that, sort of two ends of the spectrum, right? Like you're either like just starting out and you only have a couple locations, um, in which case. Yeah, if you don't value your time very much, you could probably go and every three months check up on all these different sites on the web and make sure that you're still accurate and your hours are good and you've captured any changes and et cetera, et cetera. And maybe you can do that. Although, from my experience of being an entrepreneur, you don't even have time for that. You're trying to be you're the janitor, you right. pay the bills, your customer service, you're doing marketing, you're doing all of the things. Um, and so that's why Mod Local is designed to take that complexity out for you. We are, we are a, hey, you tell us, you know, what data is accurate, fill out a complete profile once with us, and then we will push out into the ecosystem that matters for search, all of your data, and we will continue to refresh it, make sure that that is 
always this is the primary record and also, you know, let you know if there's anything interesting happening out there, like things look like they're changing or you have a review that looks like it's um, messy you should look at or, um, you know, your your visibility has dropped and maybe you're, you're maybe you're missing some local pages, right? We're, we're there to help you. Yes, with data distribution, take that complexity out for you and then also give you these heads up on other local search tactics that you should be deploying and helping you with those. So is that how it works then? Like basically like it's a system of record. I'm, I'm not having to enter everything into Google and yes. Facebook and Yelp or whatever. That's right. That's right. And it's real time, you know, it's consistent real time updates. And um, we will do another interesting piece of that is um, in these different uh, directories and websites, they need the data in different formats. Like they use different zip code notions. Some of them shorten the word street or lengthen the word street or you know, any number of these um, different ways of formatting the data. And we handle all of that for you so it doesn't actually get um, screwed up or entered differently in a bad way that makes it look less consistent to uh, Google. So, Sarah, you touched on something earlier that I, I want you to kind of expand on, if you don't mind. But you talked about customer yeah. reviews. Can you elaborate yeah. a little bit about how, you know, Moz Local is helping, you know, gather those or gather information yeah. for the retailer or gym owner, whoever, um, how they're helping them kind of get more of them? Um, because we know that they're so important now, especially to local businesses. Um, and then how that plays into some of the other social, whether that's social apps like Yelp that you mentioned or yeah. other ones. Definitely. So I'll, I'll start again. I'll start with sort of the bigger, what's happening more broadly in the industry, the sort of strategic, you know, trend and shift, and then, you know, break that down into why we have, why we have put those features into our tool. Yeah. So, you know, review management um, is so powerful for search engines. So, through when Google understands reviews, they, remember they used to just crawl other people's sites to understand what people are getting, what 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 people are feeling about different products, right? They would sort of crawl the data and learn, memorize the keywords on other people's sites, and then they started to realize, like, wow, through reviews we can get a whole very important layer of information, depth around not just what's the menu of this restaurant, but is it clean? Mm -hmm. How's the service? You know, really valuable. Is it family friendly? Is it romantic? Is it loud? Is it quiet? Right? Does it have a patio? Um, all of this, there's this granularity and fidelity of data in reviews that is usually user generated by real people talking about the things they care about. And so Google clued in, you know, years ago, hey, this data would allow us to serve such richer search results to people. So they started doing um, one, they doubled down on crawling various reviews and understanding where reviews are happening and making sure they're indexing that data. And also the process of soliciting direct feedback review, basically review data from their own you know, search users. So for example, I often leave reviews about restaurants directly in Google. Um, and I, you know, I call out these specific details um, that I like about it. Uh, so, or don't like, right? Mm -hmm. And that allows a much higher quality search experience for the user because I can say best, ha best quiet happy hour in Seattle. And the, the quality of the review data is what allows us to get that kind of level of detail. Mm -hmm. So reviews become kind of a, if you have the most reviews, it becomes a competitive, uh, competitive advantage. So Google wants to have as much re review data as possible mm -hmm. because then they can have the most robust 
search experience. So once you realize that reviews are critical and that they're being used to help rank you, like it's a whole other wealth of keyword information about your business. Like is the gym, you know, does the gym have a pool? These kinds of things. Is it clean? Um, you realize that as a business owner, you have to invest in review management. You have to encourage people to leave reviews, but not incent them. That's a line that we could talk about later. Um, and you have to stay on top of them, right? If you get a bad review, you need to engage in it. And this, the impact of reviews on the search experience is huge. You know, you see those, even just for conversion rate, you see those stars right there in the search results and huge psychological impact on what users are going to click through to. Uh, this is true in local. It's also true in product search. So that's like the broader, the broader trend there is review data is a unique source, a highly valuable source. We should expect to see more and more of sort of people putting their review data directly into Google and Google using that to drive search. And we then as, um, you know, as business owners, as marketers, we need to make sure we have a review strategy. You can't not have a review strategy. You will get left out of the rankings. You, you just will. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really interesting. That's partly why I love doing this show because every, every time I sit down for one of these podcasts, I learn something I hadn't thought about in, in the context in which we discussed it. I mean, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, I need to, have all this information accurate. It needs to be right. It needs to work all the time in the system. But it's also the, it, in terms of where you just took that conversation, it's also the foundation in terms of making sure you're going to be able to understand your customer and then take action against yeah. what those customers are telling you, which is a layer yeah. to it I hadn't quite grasped before. Hmm. How does, so I'm curious, like, how does your platform then not only provide that foundation, but help with the continuation of that conversation? Yeah, so we do both, um, sorry, not just review monitoring about what reviews are happening, okay. but also review management directly okay. in the app by location okay. so that you can individually for each location understand what kind of feedback you're getting and respond to it. Similarly, we can do social posting per location because we just talked sort of at a, a big level about how reviews you know, play into what people are, uh, what Google is serving for search results. Mm -hmm. um, but then you add that complexity of it's by location. I mean, it's possible mm -hmm. that if you own, yeah, what wow. if, I'm sure all of your gyms are spotless, but what if one of them, for some reason, you have a management issue for a month or so and it becomes unclean, you want to be able to say, oh my gosh, I have an operational problem that's turned into a brand problem and a search problem on this one location. I need to go take action and, you know, uh, forgive the pun, clean up our act. Right. Um, so it has this like complete, the review management and social posting piece that you can do through the platform has this, yes, it helps you get boots, um, uh, boots on the ground, feet in the door. And also it helps you operate your business better. And also it helps you understand your customers because you know what they're talking about and what keywords they're using. Mm -hmm. um, and it also helps with just pure engagement through the social posting, right? That mm -hmm. you want to, that's your active customer base. You want to keep them active. Um, and talk to them. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of like an early warning system too. Yeah. So exception-based yeah. management system. That's cool. Okay. So how do you keep up with all this? I mean, I, if I remember right, like I think it was just even like in February, Google made some huge changes to its algorithms that impacted, you know, the search engines <laughs> result pages and yeah. all these new capabilities and features within Google. Like how do you possibly, you know, keep up with that? And you how did the changes local? That's the answer. You can't possibly keep up with it. Walked right into that one. <laughs> You did. You on, really did. On my you peg did. leg. Um, but, <laughs> my peg leg. But yeah, I mean, in my sleep. 
Yeah, but how, I mean, how do you how do you guys think? How do you guys keep up? Seriously, like, how do you keep up with that? Yeah. And then how do you through the platform, you know, make sure your customers are keeping up with that too? Because like that, that yeah. can't be easy. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll answer it in on first a sort of sort of psychological, human, emotional way, and then I'll answer it on a strategy we use as a company to um, be responsive but not reactive. And, uh, and then sort of how that gets into product. So the first emotional thing is, um, you know, you can't do search engine optimization if you need a lot of closure. Like you just, if you're not curious, if you like things to just be done, um, you know, if you want to be like, but I did that already, I'm finished now, I want to move on to the next thing, you're really going to hate the world of search because it is dynamic. It's right. just constantly changing as human behaviors change, as technology change. I mean, we haven't talked about voice yet today, but that's a whole other, right. you know, piece of it and how, you know, the, the format of search is even changing. Um, but, you know, I think for me, I, I love this because I don't ever want to be bored and I don't need closure. I can live in gray areas. I enjoy watching things evolve and I can thrive in periods of constant change. And in fact, when we interview people for Moz, we talk about that, like constant change. You know, there's no such thing as, good, you nailed product market fit. You're done now. Go build a different product. It's like, you're going to be working on this product all the time forever because it has to change because search is changing and that's exciting and positive. But if you don't feel that way about it, you're going to be miserable here and there are other jobs for you. So that's the sort of how you cope with it on an intellectual, emotional <laughs> level. It's good advice. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And then, you know, secondarily, we have a whole team of subject matter experts and we have data scientists on board and we do this um, and we're really pl plugged into the community. Like not all the great ideas come directly out of Moz, right? But we're plugged into people who are um, interesting and curious and doing research um, in this field so that we, can, we all have sort of a group that, um, of experts, right? And we, we can most of the time detect when Google is, is testing changes. When, when Google is saying, hey, well, what if we, you know, what if we started penalizing this kind of um, behavior or strategy? Or what if we tried this new format where you could book online or whatever it may be? We, we're constantly pulling data from Google using a trusted set of keyword queries in various locations so that we can see, oh, wow, something interesting is happening and changing hmm. in this particular market. Mm -hmm. And that means we know now Google is testing it. Mm -hmm. And if it goes well, if, if Google likes the results they're getting, they will start to roll it out broadly across the U.S. and eventually to Europe. So we do this sort of keep an eye on what is the, what dynamic changes are happening in Google search results. And then we do um, some research about it. And that's the art of, you know, you can't just react to every single change because it might go away. Right. It, it might be, it might seem like it's important and then not be important. Only after we realize like, yes, this is a change that is sticking around. This is a change that is going to impact lots of markets. Do so you say, let's go build it into the product? So there's a it's kind of a timing element too. Mm -hmm. That makes and sense. And then, yeah, keep on top of the product, you know, <laughs> keep on top of the product, right. read the blog. No, the product mindset, I think for all entrepreneurs or anyone in business, really, I think that's kind of this, the new wave right now and the new age of how you have to think. But to that point, what's next for the product? Like you've talked about the, the local search platform. Where, do, where are you guys thinking about yeah. taking everything next? Yeah, so we have um, 
And we have this major enhancement we're rolling out right now that I mentioned before with like more, um, more data partners, um, better review management and social posting and um, you know, managing any sort of duplicate listing issues where you already had a location, but a consumer didn't know you already had one, so they created one for you. Trying to be helpful, but now you have two out there, and two becomes a problem. Right. Um, so, yeah, we have that coming out, and there's more to come in July that I can't give details on, but I will say this. I'm excited about that investment because this new product will allow data into the marketer, into the, the hands of marketers that is not currently available in the market, hmm. and that data involves very high fidelity, you know, detail into the kinds of keywords that your customer is looking for by geography, detailed geography maps, and mm. then also mapping that to competition in mm. your um, geography. So it's a full like customer insight plus competitive insight level up for, again, specifically local search. It's a very local search focus. Mm. Um, edition. So more to come on that. That's just a little teaser. That's all you're going to give us? That's all I'm going to give you. We're going to have to stay close on that one. That sounds interesting. <laughs> you will. It is, it's going to be great. I'm really excited about it. Like the, like the even just the data, the data is not, no one else in the market has that data and our data scientists are really proud on how they were able to come up and get this data and the accuracy of it. So we're excited to get that out there. And into the hands of uh, decision makers so they can make better decisions out there. Um, you know, we're also continue to be very invested in understanding um, queries, search terms, the way that Google does. And what I mean by that is, you know, Google has the ability to say, um, group various queries by intent. Like I know, Google will know if you're searching for, you know, Delta the airline or Delta the faucet company, and you may not use, mm. um, you may not have to use the word faucet or airline, but you've used other words around it that help, that help Google understand what you're trying to do. Or intent, that's a, um, is this informational? Is, is this person just trying to learn more about this kind of product in general? Or is this person trying to make a purchase for this kind of product? So there's this whole notion of keywords have context yes. and Google's gotten really good at the context and that context is based on the user's searcher's intent. And we are um, doing some very cool R&D right now to create this kind of intent modeling and intent map against keywords as well yes. so that marketers can have that peek into, oh, hey, if, if, a, if a customer is searching for this, it's because they're in discovery phase versus transaction phase, or you know, this keyword is associated with this other bigger topic area, and, but maybe not this other one. Um, and just get a much finer grain detail. So that is R&D work that we're really passionate about. Um, you know, as Google gets better at understanding what people are searching for, we need to follow on with that. We think so that very hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. We think that stuff is so fascinating. Like, we've talked about that a lot yeah. in our program. That the context of search and how that's continuing yeah. to continuing to evolve in so many ways. So fascinating. We're gonna have to have you back because I think that sounds like some really really cool meat and some further discussion to get into you. And I think on that point, segue. I think we need some yeah. more context about you. Yeah. So not surprisingly, <laughs> like, the skydiver. Wasn't enough. We can take it further. Yeah, no, we will. We will. So not surprising. The skydiver said, yes, I will play how millennial. I know. Are I was you? like, so, do we yeah. even need to do this? Sarah? <laughs> probably. She's more millennial than anybody. It's probably true. Yeah. 
Um, so, Sarah, we're going to ask you a few questions um, for how millennial are you? Not to judge how old or young you are, but how intellectually curious our guests are on the show. So with that, let's get started. Uh, so, Sarah, when the option is available, you're at the grocery store, you're checking out, are you using mobile payment or are you pulling out a credit card? Um, it depends on the store. So for when I'm at Whole Foods, I will definitely take advantage of the Amazon Prime Ooh, connection. That's the first um, time we've heard I that. At, yeah. <laughs> but when I am at Safeway, I don't know. I just have this weird, like, I don't think I trust Safeway with my like mobile. I don't know why. It's not, I've never intellectually investigated my own behavior on this, mm. but it just feels like they don't seem like a brand that would know how to do this mm. really well and that the experience will be good. And mm. so I, I, I've only used mobile payments once at Safeway and it was an mm. embarrassing, oh crap, I forgot my wallet. Uh, I don't have my cell phone. Oh, it's nice. always, it's always dangerous in line. What about Apple yeah. Pay and Samsung Pay and those types of things? Yeah, are you, exactly. Are you, are you trying Apple those? Pay yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That, that, that one horrific, I forgot my wallet was an Apple Pay. It's an Apple Pay. Nice. Yeah. 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 All right. Next question. In the last week, how many times have you ordered food or coffee drinks via an app? Okay, well, realize that I am in exceptional circumstances of basically being nearly housebound until like <laughs> 48 hours ago when I mastered my peg leg. So for me, it's an embarrassing amount, so number funny. of times. It's probably like four times in seven days. But um, on a and, and that trend will continue in my current um, you know state of decreased mobility. But on a more Typical, I will probably do once a week. I do. Okay. I try to eat healthy. Okay. And if I'm ordering out, I do not eat. I do not eat healthy <laughs> when I order out. I never Fair. am like, I'm going to fresh order a salad. Right. <laughs> that that <laughs> never happens. I'm, I'm interested what it's the data is locally on that. Like, how many people order <laughs> healthy food? Yes. Yeah. At all yeah. <laughs> on on apps? Yeah. yeah right. right. That's kind of yeah. It's kind of a correlated effect. Yeah. I'm just impressed yeah. that that Sarah is just doing everything herself from her reclining position right. that she's probably sitting in versus asking other people to kind of serve her everything that she needs so that yeah. that's well, that's telling that's good I did. I did actually i still have help right still, <laughs> right the takeout will get delivered and then i've had an army of people that help me greet the takeout at the door get it on plates and right yeah probably I, I yeah, get, get it at the yeah. door right after it's been called yeah. that's awesome yeah all right sarah last question uh if you could only use one social app what would it be and why well, the responsible answer would be, I should say Twitter, because that is a place that is a broader public forum and also related to my work. I do more professional engagement there. And so that feels like the responsible thing to say. But the more honest thing to say is like, I do have an Instagram addiction that requires me to occasionally need to remove it totally from my phone and like detox for a while and convince myself I have it under control. And then I slip back into it um, where I'm not even a poster. I barely post, but I do. I lurk a lot. I'm kind of a lurker. So um, probably Instagram. You could use that for work, right? I mean, the discovery <laughs> process and local products. Yeah, you know, what are you it's lurking about? That's the question I want. That I. Oh have. my gosh, I am so. I mean, obviously, I'm a total weirdo, right? It's clear, clearly, I'm a total weirdo. Um, but it's you know, it's, some of it's not weird. Some of it's like cats and stuff. But oh sure, um, not uh, weird. You know, <laughs> I also love um, like old old. Um, 
like women's fashion. I mean, when I say old, I mean oh, hundreds yeah. of euros old, sure. right? Old. You can see all the like the Met um, has this whole costume oh, collection, yes. and then every several that. times a day they'll post these old like Queen Victoria wore this. Like it's made of real lapis lazuli and gold, and it weighs you know seventy five pounds, and she wore it to the coronation of whatever, whatever. And I always enjoy seeing those sort of changes in um, fashion trends and uh, mingle it with history, and that um, that stuff is pretty fun. Yeah, wow. not posting. Also, gardens. I love gardening, okay. so I follow several like nurseries that I will never buy from, but it's just plant porn, straight plant porn. <laughs> just like, oh my I, god, like, oh my gosh, look at that beautiful rhododendron. It's stunning, you know. This is the oh best gosh. interview of all time sure. right now. This I is definitely it. this is definitely the best homiletical <laughs> argue of all time. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I hate that we're almost out of time because there's so many more questions that I want to ask and so many more things I'm learning about you and this picture that's coming up in my mind. So, oh my gosh, we're going to have to do this again at some point. But but man, sir, that was awesome. That was fantastic. I mean, I, uh, the last question I'd ask, if people want to learn more about Moz, they want to get in touch with you, like what's the best way to, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, um, to get in touch with me personally, you know, do the, do the Twitter thing, as I mentioned, okay. that's Sarah Bird. Um, so that's easy at Sarah Bird. And uh, if they want to get in touch with Moz, um, we have a fantastic blog that is a great way to get educated um, like about all kinds of digital marketing tactics. Of course, the emphasis being on search, but you know, mm -hmm. we have, we're well-rounded as well. We try to round ourselves out. Um, and so that's a great way to just engage with the brand and start to get educated and increase your awareness um, and also get you to the site where once you're on the site, you should be able to find all different kinds of ways that we can help you, whether that's um, through product or education or training awesome awesome well sarah it's been so great having you thank on the show again yeah, thank you guys absolutely again everyone out there this has been maz's ceo sarah bird and for Anne, for her the skydiver and of course for me <laughs> as always be careful out there